It is really good to be here today. Um, thanks, Ben, for the kind words. Being Jared and Debbie's son, I hope, is um, a compliment to me. And I hope more so it's a compliment to them. Um, but it is really good to be here. It's good to see familiar faces. And um, obviously, God works mostly through the people who you're close to in your life. That's how God often works. So God worked in my life the most, um, being in this place. And with the, like most, a lot of the people I see here today, um, who were around me as I grew up. So um, I'm very thankful for that. I'm glad to be here. And I'm going to talk today about being public with your faith. Um, I was told that we're doing a series, as Ben just said, on going out. And our faith isn't just meant to be a private thing. Our faith isn't just something that's for us and in our little bubble. But our faith is meant to be something that's public. Um, that's what the Christian faith believes. Um, talk specifically, I want to talk about talking to other people about Jesus and maybe even um, an uncomfortable word would be converting um, other people in our culture. So I want to talk about that. Our culture thinks that keeping your faith to yourself is probably a better idea. Um, one of our highest values is being tolerant. And so to be tolerant to other people, it's probably better um, if you keep your faith to yourself and that's okay for you, but let's not make it too public or bring this into the public because it's too controversial and we just want to be tolerant and all get along. But the Christian faith doesn't, it doesn't quite agree with that. Um, so there is some friction there. The Christian faith, although it is very tolerant because it is open to anybody, um, it is for anybody, um, Jesus said that, well, you know, it's up to you. You can choose to follow me. But if you choose to follow me, then this is kind of, this is how it's going to be. I don't just give you advice. Jesus doesn't just give you advice. He tells you how things are. And then you can either bow down and worship him or you can reject him. Um, but that's up to you. But once you choose to follow him, he doesn't just give you advice. He actually is your Lord and he is your God. Um, and so... Um, being public with our faith is something that we are commanded to do. Um, I think it'll be helpful for those of you who aren't Christians here this morning, even though I'm talking a lot to Christians, I think it'll be helpful for you. I think if I was going to buy a product or, um, uh, or join a group, I'd, I'd find out a lot about listening to how people are told to get other people to buy the product or get other people to join the group which is, I guess you could think from one point of view, what I'm doing right now. Um, my wife um, started buying these things called doTERRA oils. Who's heard of doTERRA oils? There we go, a few little grumbles um, or giggles in the crowd. Um, I, doTERRA oils, obviously I'm a very sceptical person, so I'm sceptical when she tells me about them. If you don't know what they are, they're oils and they pretty much make your life perfect or your worries go away if you have a headache. You just rub on some orange juice and the headache disappears. Um, and so I obviously was right on board with it. Um, but I, I, I thought at first, there's all these people sitting in a room selling these doTERRA oils, just laughing to themselves, saying, like, we're just squeezing some lemons here, putting it in a bottle, and people are buying it for millions of dollars. And they're all laughing together, thinking it's a big joke. That's what I thought. And if I went to the doTERRA place, to the guys who made it, I reckon I would have learnt a lot just listening to them. If you're not a Christian here today, this is what you get to do. You get to listen to how... Christians are being told um, how to grow their tribe, if that's what we're about with being public with our faith. 
Um, We talk from the Bible here, so also another disclaimer. I'm talking today from a story called the Book of Jonah. It's an ancient book in the Bible, and if you have ever been in contact with church or religion, Christianity, you might have heard about the story of Jonah. It's about a man who gets swallowed by a whale or a very, very big fish. And I want you, when I talk about this, not just to switch off to everything I say, because getting swallowed by a whale sounds crazy. There are lots of crazy things in Christianity. Um, And although I lean towards Jonah being a very literal, real event, there are multiple opinions out there. And so this isn't the be-all and end-all when I talk from the story of Jonah. So don't switch off to everything I say. If I say that Jonah got swallowed by a fish, he lived in the fish for three days and then came out. Um... Being public, being public with our faith. Jesus says, he says, let your faith be out and open. He says, no one turns on a light and then puts something over it. No one turns a light on and puts something over it. Your faith is the light of the world. He is the light of the world. So he says that your faith in him is something to light up the world. And he says, no one hides that. It's meant to be out in public. In Jonah... The story of Jonah, it's got four little scenes or chapters. And in chapter number one of four, in chapter number one, Jonah doesn't go public with his faith. God tells him to go public with his faith and he doesn't. And then in chapter three, he does go public. So I want to look this morning at what happens in chapter two. What happens in chapter two? What changes Jonah? Because maybe it could change us. Why doesn't Jonah go public first? Why doesn't Jonah go public? Um, The end of the story tells us why Jonah didn't. Jonah says, I knew that you would forgive them. He says to God, I didn't go public with my faith, with what I believe about you, because I knew that you would forgive them. Jonah was told by God to go to a city, um, a very, a very crazy city, and he was told to them pretty much they've got 40 days to turn from their evil. They've got 40 days to turn from their crime and their murder, from abusing the poor, um, from just all their lies and robbery. It was, um, would have been a tough place to live, Nineveh, if you look in the history about it. Um, and Jonah hoped that Nineveh, that the, the people would decline. Jonah really hoped they would decline because he actually wanted justice. He saw what happened and he did not want God to help them or to save them. And so Jonah might not have been the perfect Christian man, but Jonah was your typical man. If you've ever been wrong seriously, you would understand that someone getting forgiveness maybe isn't the best idea. And so that's what Jonah wanted. And often, often we, don't like, uh, we don't go public either, not because we're scared that God might forgive people, but I think in, in our culture today, in, in Christianity, we have our own set of reasons why we don't go public with our faith. And I just want to propose one reason this morning. I, th- I think, this is uh, my opinion, but I think the biggest, if you could kind of sum it up, the biggest reason why we sometimes might not go public with our faith is because we think that people don't want it. We don't want to offend. We don't want to upset the peace. Um, and like that turns into other things like worrying about what people will think and, and is this going to be the best thing for this situation right now. But I think... Amongst all these other reasons, a lot of it comes down to, and this might not be true for all of you, but I think for a lot of people in general, we think that people don't want it. People 
don't want my faith. They don't want God. They don't want my religion. And they definitely don't want the Bible. And so we're a little bit apprehensive. Um, even though we think, those of you who are Christians here this morning, you will think that Jesus is the best thing ever. He is the best thing that this world could offer you. There is nothing that compares. We just sung about it. You come here every Sunday. You have routines and rituals in your life because you actually believe that and how important it is. He's the answer. But we think people don't want it, so we're a bit apprehensive or shy maybe. And for those of us that think this, we're not idiots. You think this for very logical reasons. And because on one level, this is very true. On one level, people don't want it. Our culture is hardening towards Christianity and religion. You see that all the time. Um, if, you, if you take in any sort of media, and I know the media likes to hype things up because that's what sells, but in your, just your own experiences as well, you'll see that what Christians believe is becoming more and more unpleasant to the general population. Would you agree? Um, which, that's just, that's just the time we live in. And, I mean, it's been, it's been, yeah, it's up and down, and that's just where we find ourselves right now. We believe that we have the truth. We believe, as Christians, that God is the only, that Jesus is the only way to God. We believe that there's a judgment to come, and that we will all stand and give an account for what we have done with our lives. We believe in submitting the course of our lives to a higher authority. And we believe in clear moral guidelines for our lives. And as a culture, we find lots of these beliefs, as you can imagine, quite or very unpleasant. You've probably experienced this when you're talking to a friend um, about your faith and about God. You might be talking to someone, being public with your faith, and, and there's often a pain line. And you can feel it coming. There's some sort of belief that you hold that you know um, could very well offend them or turn them off. Um, and you're trying to think maybe how to say it without offending them, but you don't want to water down the truth. And so you're kind of thinking this, and sometimes you think, oh, I'll just avoid it because that's the culture that you've maybe grown up in, that we want to be tolerant and you think maybe we should avoid it. But you know that, well, no, I can't really avoid this because that's not what a true friendship is. A true friendship actually always moves in a deeper direction. On top of that, you want to, you want to honour um, what God's done in your life. And so you want to be public. This idea um, isn't just your thoughts as well or my thoughts. It's, I think it's been affirmed to us um, by Western church leaders as well. Again, generally speaking, but because church leaders connect better with Christians, um, a lot better, because that's what they have to do for... Um, their job and their life, the easiest way to grow a church often has been that we focus on great preaching, great music, and like a really good youth group or something. And that's how people would often grow, like a really big church. And we, we often haven't put heaps of emphasis on being public with our faith, each Christian being public. Now, we would never say it like that. We don't like think it, but that's the reality of kind of how things outplay. And the awesome thing is that while over the last 20 years, churches may have looked to marketing or just doing things really well, um, today, for quite a while now, it's really hitting home. And I'm sure all of you would agree that in our post-Christian society, um, that doesn't really work. That doesn't work anymore. And we have to turn to every single member being public with their faith. That's, that's the only thing that grows the church. Obviously, God goes to, grows to church, but how does he do it? He does it through each and every single one of you. 
He doesn't do it through some person that's just really amazing at having an awesome youth group or playing really good music or good at speaking, like these things that are important in a church or service. That's not the main way he does it. The main way he grows his church is through each and every single one of you just being public with your faith. Jonah was like us. He didn't want to go public. He was a bit apprehensive about it. He wasn't sure how to navigate it um, and take his faith out of his private little bubble. But something happened that completely changed Jonah. So I want to look at Jonah 2 and see what changed him because I think that it could maybe change us too. I'm going to read from the Bible here a big chunk um, so you can get the full picture of what's happening. You can follow on the screen. It's in Jonah chapter 2. It says at the start, it says, Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. From the inside of the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. So in his trouble, in his hell, he cries out for help. And this is what he says. This is his prayer recorded down. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the sea, and the current swelled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again to your holy temple. The engulfing waters surrounded me, the deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountain I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. And from his trouble, from his hell, he's crying out to God, what does God do? But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, I will make public. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. So Jonah obeyed the Lord. And went to Nineveh. He went public with his faith. Listen to this. This is what changed Jonah to go public. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. To the roots of the mountain, I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. For every one of you here today who is a Christian, this is your story. You shouldn't be a Christian. It's a miracle that you and I are Christians. But you are, and you're accepted by God. He brought your life up from the pit. All of us were in a spot where we couldn't get ourselves out of it. We think we can maybe get ourselves out, and we try different things, but nothing worked. And we weren't standing around saying, help, 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 either most of the time. But God came down. He came down from his place and he came down to where we were at and he pulled us up. He pulled us out. Some of you maybe here today had Christian parents and you don't maybe feel like you wavered too far off the course that God has set for you. And so maybe you don't feel like that God pulled you out of a pit the same but at some point, God took your parents and your grandparents and they had sunk into a deep, dark pit. And so when he pulled your grandparents or your parents or your great-grandparents out of a pit, he pulled you out of a pit. And now you experience God every day of your life because God pulled them out of their spot of trouble. 
What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. Salvation doesn't come from anything else. We put our hope in so many things. This world gives us options to put our hope in. We put our hope usually in the best things. We put our hope in other people, people close to us, our children. We put our hope in in the best things that this world can bring us. But ultimately, we all find, and you know this morning, we all know that it just it isn't enough. It isn't enough to bring us salvation. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. This made Jonah go public and it is the only thing that will make you go public long term. Sure, there's other things that, you know, will help us to be more public with our faith all the time. There's heaps of things and they're all good, but the only thing that will make you go public long term is because God has completely changed your life. Because he is the answer to every problem and every question in your life and you have experienced him as that answer. And so you know that he is the truth, he is the way and he is the life. Now that is uncomfortable, that is super uncomfortable, but because you've experienced, you know it. And so you don't mind being public about it. How could you do anything else? No one turns on a light and then covers it up. This made Jonah go public, the salvation of God to him, and it makes it to us. How did God extend salvation to you and me? The Bible talks about 800 years later, if you read it, the Bible talks about someone like Jonah but someone much greater than Jonah, who went further than into the pit or into the belly of a whale to help you and me. Someone who went much deeper, and his name is Jesus. He went and lived as a human, and at the end of his life, there wasn't anything spectacular. We think the cross and Jesus giving his life is spectacular, but at, and it is spectacular, but at the time, it wasn't that spectacular event. It was just a routine way that they would kill criminals, and he just carried, they made him carry his own cross. He went outside the city, so not everyone could see, outside the city, up a hill, and there he was crucified by Roman soldiers. Like Jonah, though, like some of you, when Jesus was in his pit, when he was in his place of trouble, he cried out to God. But this time, no one was there to answer. No one came. His friends, his family, even God turned from him. And so God rejected Jesus' cry for help. Why did he do that? He did that so now God could listen to our cry for help. God could listen to us. Now in our trouble, God can turn to us. He can turn to you. He can turn to me. And God can be just and right and good in doing that. God can be good in turning to bad people like you and me and saving us and helping us. When you experience God's grace like this, your heart does nothing except to promise and vow to speak of his goodness. Jonah says, what I've vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. How can it not be public? After all this, I will say meaning and life comes from God. Help and hope comes from him. Truth and answers and purpose and fulfillment and peace come from God. Maybe people don't want it. Maybe it's a generalisation that's true. Maybe the person in your life doesn't want it. Maybe they do, but maybe they don't, but that's not your decision to make. That's their decision. Some of your friends and family, they'll be offended. They might be a bit upset. They'll push it away, but some will be hungry for it and some will be longing for it. 
And that is up to them, not you. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. For the next 10 minutes or so before we finish, I just want to give you a few things of what this looks like outwardly, practically in your life. I'm just going to mention four things um, from Jonah that help us do this and be public with our faith. So what does this look like for you this week? Um, The first one, and potentially the most important, is to be you. Be you in public. Uh, Jonah 1.1, it says, Jonah, God, God went and spoke to Jonah, son of Amittai. Jonah is a specific person. He's the son of somebody, and he's got a unique story, and God's going to use it specifically for specific people. And it's the same in your life. God doesn't just work abstractly out here in just some story you hear about. God uses real people with real stories, with unique lives, and God uses the specific events and things and all the variables in your life for specific purposes and specific people that are in your life. Be honest and be you. For some of us, that's really obvious and really easy, but for others of us, maybe not so. Say that the most important thing to the, to the world is uh, Jesus and what he's done. And you're my mate, and I'm telling you that, because that's how it is. Let people know you go to church. Let them know you're a Christian, that it actually means something to you. This is, this is most important, I think, with the people that we're close to, because often the people that you're close to um, are the, you're often a little bit like them, if that makes sense. And so you give them a picture of what it would look like for them to follow Jesus. You actually show them what faith and, and God looks like with skin on in your fallenness. You still do that. If your friend is telling you how angry they are with their wife, um, rather than just saying, well, that's really no good, that must be tough, be you in public. Tell them about how when you are resenting your wife regarding doTERRA oils and, and working through that, the God, your faith actually helped you and God actually helped you. If they pick it up and want to know more, great. If they don't, then move on. Christians sometimes, I think, can fall into the trap of building friendships to make converts and they, and they mean well because God changed their life and they want that for everyone. But sometimes that just makes people think that we just care about building our tribe and and not people. Our attitude is the same, was to be the same as Jesus on the cross. That I will give myself for you. I will will give out and sacrifice myself for you, even if you never come to believe in God. That's true friendship. Point number two, so firstly, be you. That's what God is calling you to do this week. You do not have to be something special or someone else. He's calling you to be you. As awesome or as messed up or as um, perfectly, oh, I don't know what the word is, or you might think that you're just super awkward. He's calling you to be you. Be you. The second one is listen and ask questions. In chapter 4, if you read it, God's always asking Jonah questions. And Jonah just talks all the time, which is what we often do. We just talk, 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 some of us. And um, God often, if you read what Jesus does in Scripture, what's he do? Ask questions. Ask questions. To be a good friend, you need to spend time talking with them. And And the best friends, they don't talk. They actually ask questions and listen genuinely. That's a learning curve for me with my wife. 
is to not talk but listen and ask questions. If she wants her problem solved, she'll ask me for the answer to her problem. But often she doesn't want that. She just wants me to tell, uh, she wants to just tell me about it. And I've got to be her best friend. So I need to listen and ask questions. That's how God often works. Uh, one, of, one of my um, close friends that I grew up with, he, he, was, he was an atheist or he was kind of like didn't really believe in God. But then he became a bit more of a devout atheist. He really specifically thought God's not real. And I thought that, well, most of it's intellectual. Because for me, I would think the barriers for not believing God are a bit intellectual. And so I just projected that onto him. When I actually started to listen and talk to him, which probably took me about 10 years to learn how to listen and ask questions, um, some of it was intellectual, but a lot of it was all mixed in with his experiences growing up. And I probably wasn't, um, I wasn't bringing God to him as good as I could have. So listen and ask questions. Don't try and follow some method of getting all the gospel out in one quick formula. That's not genuine. That's a technique. That's a salesperson. So be you and listen and ask questions. You'll find out what they actually need. You believe if you're a Christian that people need God. But everyone, everyone has a different point where they intersect. Their need intersects with God. If you look at Paul, who was probably one of the greatest or most celebrated um, people in the Bible, in the Christian faith, of being public with his faith, he always shared the story of Jesus differently with different people all the time. Um, he put it in a different order. He used different things. And if you care about your neighbor, if you care about your friend, um, you'll do the same. You'll listen to them. You'll find out where, where they need God. And God, by his spirit, will, will will talk to you, he'll move on your heart, and he'll help you do that. It's not all on you just to like, oh, I've got to work this out and figure it out. God promises that by his Holy Spirit, he actually guides you and helps you. It sounds super crazy, but the pressure's off you. You'll probably learn something as well if you listen. That's just a freebie. Um, point number three, don't assume. This leads into don't, don't assume. We all come to God for different reasons. Yeah, I was saying with my friend, I just projected my idea of what I thought it would be like for him. Um, but we all come to God for different reasons. That's why I need to listen and ask questions. Nineveh came to God because they were scared of judgment um, and they wanted forgiveness. Jonah came to God because he was in a big crisis. Today, it might be different for you or the people in your life. For me, I, I came to God, there was kind of two big things. The first one was that I felt, I felt guilty and I needed forgiveness. The second one was more a logical thing and I needed to see how my faith made sense in the real world. That was me. But just because that's how God became real for me and how I found God and how I met God and how God changed my life, and that's how the last four people in my life found God as well, that doesn't mean that's, that's how you're going to come to God. I think it's important to remember that. Don't expect people to find God how you found God. Jesus, if you look at Jesus, he spoke differently with everyone. He speaks a certain way to Jonah. And we can't just look at that and go, this is how God spoke to Jonah. And this is how Jonah was told to speak to Nineveh. So that's how we do it. Be you. Be you. Be authentic and be real. Like Jesus, he spoke differently with everyone. If you read through the stories about Jesus, he speaks differently to each different person because he thought about them. 
There's heaps of different reasons why people come to God. Obviously needing forgiveness. Sometimes it's a logical thing, how, how faith works in the real world. Some people are hungry or homeless. Sometimes it's a supernatural experience, a miracle. Sometimes it's intellectual barriers and we want answers. Sometimes we're anxious and need peace. It could be a big crisis or suffering. The idea of heaven or hell, the truth of that can drive us to him. Maybe just the proof of a friend, love in action, starts to, starts to show us. And I've just mentioned a couple. There's, we all come to God at a different place. Now, when we come to God, obviously he's more than we ever thought. And he's so much, we, most of us don't come to God for noble reasons. But once we come to him, it's like we, we realize he's so much more than everything we ever thought and dreamed. But we will all come at a different point. Last one. Along with being you, I reckon this is, this is the other big one. Point four is pray with Jesus. It's just a small book, Jonah, but the writer takes time to record multiple times where Jonah's in conversation with God. And, and kind of the main crux in the middle of the story um, is this whole conversation with Jonah praying to God. Why, why, why? Why is prayer, why is conversation with God so important? In prayer, unlikely things happen. In prayer, unlikely things happen. People who hate faith and God actually come to know and love him. Your friends, your family members may not like God. They may not like the idea of it, but neither did Nineveh. And Nineveh wasn't beyond God. So have faith this morning. Know that they aren't beyond God. In prayer, God by his spirit comes into your heart and he supernaturally changes you. You can be thinking a certain way because you swim in this world that says a bunch of different things, but then you come to God and you, and you actually, prayer is a mysterious thing. It's so simple and so basic, yet it's so divine and, 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 it's, and it's mystical. We believe as Christians that in prayer we connect with the divine. We connect with God. And so when you come to God, you actually are connecting with Him. And He supernaturally, by His Spirit, he lives inside of you and you're talking with something that's divine. And you're connecting with him and he changes you. He, he does things in you that are so normal, but they're outside of the natural and the human. It's something else. In prayer, you put self to death and you find your identity in Jesus. So now if you get rejected, you're actually, yes, it hurts, but you're not completely destroyed because your identity isn't in what other people think of you. Your identity is in God and what he's done for you. In prayer, we become bold. We experience our faith. We experience God and just how it really is. Things that you hear or you read or you know about God up here, they actually go from here down to your heart and you experience them. For some of you, you feel it about God in your heart, but through prayer, it goes this way. It actually becomes your whole person. In prayer, God floods all of you. Your eyes are opened to see just not the people who don't want to hear about God, but the people that do. In prayer, the big thing is that we see salvation comes from the Lord and not us. And so we seek him for it. It comes from him. Jesus changes me too in prayer. A little extra one. Often, often our natural temperament is to be too shy or too offensive. Most of us. Most of us aren't, aren't perfect individuals. And so most of you here will be either too shy or you'll be too offensive. And you'll think, oh, well, I'll just be friendly and hopefully they catch on about God and how, 
um, the whole story about Jesus and how he's the answer to every problem in the world. If I be friendly. Other of us memorize a technique that we heard about and we go attack some poor victim down the street. And that's often aggressive and unattractive. Now, obviously, I'm having a go at both of the extremes and I'm both can still work. Jesus uses everything. But Jesus uses you. You be you. But Jesus in prayer will take your natural temperament and he will mould it. And in prayer and in his word and in a community of people, he makes you more like him. Jesus was sometimes just friendly and he was sometimes offensive. But in prayer, Jesus helps you to be like him. And so, and so you are what people need at the right time. And it's not something that, like I said, that you have to figure out. You be you and you spend time with God and by his spirit, he makes you like that. He makes you like that. Be you in public, listen, ask questions, don't assume and pray with Jesus. If you don't remember any of these things, lastly, you can chuck it all out. You can't mess it up that much. Yes, you're responsible for your actions. You need to be sorry for being an idiot, weekly, daily maybe. But don't think that you can ruin God's plans. Don't think that you can ruin his plans. He is using your faults to humble you and to change you. And you know that he uses your faults too to change other people's lives and to bring them closer to him. That's how crazy God is. So you can take faith in that he can get the job done. You aren't the Messiah. This isn't your mission to save and change the world. You just experienced God and God came and met you. And so now the natural response is to make good and say salvation comes from God. God has turned a light on in your heart and in your life. And obviously now Jesus says as a no-brainer, you don't just cover it up. You don't cover it up. You'll be disappointed Sometimes people say, that's offensive, I kind of hate you now, which hurts and it's painful, but you'll also find joy. And the greatest joy in life is journeying with other people through their life. The greatest joy in life is journeying with people and journeying with people towards God and seeing them experience God as well is the greatest, one of the greatest joys in life. On the basis of what Jesus has done for us, how could we do anything different but be public with our faith, yeah? In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. He brought my life up from the pit. I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. Let me pray. God, I thank you that when we were in a pit, just like Jonah, God, we were all in different pits, but when we're in it, it just all, it all feels the same. And when we were in our mess, for those of us who feel like we are in a mess now, God, I thank you that unlike every other religion, you don't stand off afar and say, come on, you can do it, make it to me. If you can make it to me, then, then you're worth it and you've earned it. God, you don't say that at all. You say that you're made in my image and you're my child and I'm going to come down to you. I'm going to come down to your pit and your mess and I will walk you through that pit and I will bring you out of it. God, I thank you that you're a God like that. I thank you that you have done that in my life and in many people's lives here today. I thank you you came to us. We could not help ourselves. God, we are so thankful. I pray for people here this morning, God, who feel like they're in a pit. I pray that they would experience you today. 
However that happens, I pray that they would experience you and they might find you and they might experience the answer, God, to every question their heart is asking. God, I pray that you would help those of us who are Christians, God, that this light you have turned on inside of us, that we wouldn't cover it up, God, but we would let it shine, even though our culture sometimes doesn't want that because it is, is, there's friction and it's abrasive. I pray that you would help us, God, to shine the light in a way that represents you. God, sometimes it will offend people. Help us to be bold when that happens, but help us also to be like you and to care about people, God, and to do things in a way that honour you. God, help us this week to be public. Help us this week as we pray with you and spend time with you, God, that you would change us. Make us more like you. Maybe represent you well as we go into all the world. Amen.